Welcome to the Third Growth Option Podcast, where we talk with business leaders and innovators hungry to drive growth that can be faster than internal organic growth and less risky than acquisition. Your moderator is Bernal Dunkerspuller, Chief Sherpa and CEO at Realign, who has led private equity-owned distributors through turnarounds and growth. With battle-proven leaders from all frontiers, we want to provoke thinking about business growth beyond conventional wisdom and binary choices. Hey, I'm Benno today with Eleanor Lynch, Chief Operating Officer at Chiaro, a Canadian cannabis omnichannel business that opened its first store about two and a half years ago, right after cannabis was legalized in Canada. And uh, you have been on a wild growth ride since then. Yep. Uh, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Guilty as charged. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> you guys are building new stores, e-com platforms or updating the platforms, uh, capital restructuring that comes along with uh, wild growth. And all that while the legal codes and regulations for cannabis by municipalities and, and the provinces is being revised sort of every week and every month, right? Well, I don't know about that, but yes, certainly one of the pieces that makes your your life more difficult is the, the changing nature of how you can operate. Right. Okay. That was more politically correct than the way I said it. I love, I love working with my regulation partners. So. That's right. So welcome to Third Growth Option Podcast, Eleanor. Thank you so much, Benno, for having me on. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And before we kind of talk about Kiara's, you know, hyper growth and managing and leading in this super dynamic environment, I'm going to try to introduce your professional background and then you just correct me if I'm wrong. 15 plus years of senior retail leadership experience in traditional large retail chains where you sort of worked up from you know district manager to regional director to director of store operations and then with Chiaro for the last three years you went from vice president to senior vice president to chief operating officer so you know multi-location operations really well and, and sort of the processes that go along with that and now you're rapidly learning about all of that within rapid growth within a rapid growth environment is that is that a fair description that's a great description. Yeah, you nailed that. <clears throat> so yeah, I think that the the big piece of that last thing you just said in terms of rapidly growing your own career in a nascent industry that <laughs> is not well-defined in terms of how it operates and how to be successful, definitely leveraging the experience from my previous uh, roles in large corporate organizations. So uh, process and procedures have certainly been very helpful to help grow within that dynamic environment. Yeah, you know, I always find that, I mean, both of us sort of grew up in well-established larger corporations, and that's a great learning structural background in, you know, more fast-moving object environmental or uh, entrepreneurial environments, right? Yeah, exactly. So I, I want to learn from your experience, you know, creating and managing this hyper growth. And maybe we just kind of start with asking you to describe Kiara in terms of the brand, you know, this community-based brand element and the number of stores and, you know, I have three different channels. Just give us sort of a flyover of Kiara. Yeah, great. Thank you. I'm going to start real high up and say that Kiara Holdings Corporation 
has developed three different channels that we that are revenue earning: digital, retail, and wholesale. And the wonderful part about retail in today's day and age, and certainly throughout COVID, is just the omni-channel capabilities, the ability to touch consumers across multiple touch points in the digital realm as well as in the physical environment. And so Kiara, when we first started, was really focused on the omni-channel experience and, you know, building that up. And then from, you know, coming to back down into each independent channel, the retail channel specifically and Kiara was built around the idea or the concept of creating a wonderful retail opportunity for consumers in a nascent industry, normalizing the purchasing of cannabis so that it was something customers become can become really familiar with. This feels this feels like a normal experience, whether you go purchase a Jack Daniels or you want to pick up a pre-roll or a cannabis beverage. And so mm-hmm. Chiaro, the name and the concept behind it comes from the Italian word chiaroscuro, uh, which means from the darkness to the light, roughly translated. Mm-hmm. And so everything really for us was about illuminating the experience on the retail side and building it within the company infrastructure as we built out other channels after retail. So the digital accessory business that, that we just uh, purchased about six months ago and our wholesale business, we have, we, we operate vape.com, vape.ca and vaped in the, in, in Australia. And our wholesale business operates in Saskatchewan, delivering goods to retailers in that province. The one piece that, that ties all of it together is certainly core values. And we have found that because we started in that vein, we, we, we operate off four pillars, um, collaboration, creativity, accountability, and courage. It has allowed us to move very quickly and more agilely, I believe, with, with agility to collaborate about, you know, the changes within the company, find, you know, courageous moments to, to share our own thoughts about the vision and the strategy, you know, create accountability about what we're doing and how we're doing it. And certainly all the other pieces that come together. So I think, the reason I wanted to end on core values is I think it's wonderful to build something with vision and it's wonderful to, to talk about, you know, the, the intent behind a brand or what you're trying to bring to the market and how you're trying to serve those that work with you. Really, it does come down to finding ways to speak in the same language. And when you're a, I was really surprised by how tough that was going to be. I love that description of, you know, the brand and the omni-channel nature. And how many stores do you have now, by the way? You had seven the last time we talked. I think you have more than seven today. (laughs) Yeah. So we have seven stores right now. We have five operational in British Columbia, two in Saskatchewan. We have a um, additional store, an eighth store in Kelowna, BC, that's set to open in early September and a wholesale business. And then, of course, our e-commerce business, which is omni-channel to our current brick and mortar stores. And then we purchased, um, we acquired a company called Cozy Cannabis and Sculthorpe SEO, which included the vaped channels that I was speaking about and uh, one additional store in Toronto. So we became a three province operator. And then of course, um, we just announced a uh, agreement to a share share purchase agreement with Hemisphere, which has uh, seven operating locations and two more to come online. So about to be an 18 store retail chain with the digital assets and the wholesale business. And just to kind of put some, you know, or help sort of paint the picture of, of the growth run rates just in the last, it's been two and a half years since opening the first store. And you went from basically zero to 
a $21 million run rate in those two and a half years. And that's a couple month old number, might be higher now, might be about the same. You had 58% comp growth at the beginning of the year, I believe. And then annual report uh, talked about year over year growth, December 2020 versus 2019. In Canada, it was a, over 100% or 102%, and Kiyaro, uh, 139%. So, I mean, these are staggering growth numbers, right? Zero to $21 million in you know, less than three years. We all need a bit of a nap. And uh, <laughs> right. I, think, I think it goes like a lot of people have said that number, Benno, and asked us, how did how did you do that? I love what our CEO Daniel Petrov says because uh, I think it's so true. You know, team. It's all about team, timing, and capital. And we had definitely had good timing on our on our side, which which was tough to say in cannabis. But we have a great team. And the other thing that struck me in reading the annual report that's on your website, where you know I I, I was able to find the numbers that I just quoted for. You know, a, a $21 million run rate revenue company, you're acting more like a 100 or $200 million company in the way you have branded the stores in what seems like a pretty sophisticated approach to capitalizing and recapitalizing and funding. And, you know, oftentimes I work with a $50 million company that acts like a $10 million company or a $20 million company that acts like a $5 million company. And you guys are the opposite in what I'm seeing from the outside looking in. Do you agree with that? That in, in some ways you guys are not acting your age, but older than, you, you know, you, you're sort of acting your future age. <laughs> Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think it's sometimes hard to do that. You know, sometimes we're hard on ourselves and we have very high expectations. But yeah, I would agree with that. And you mentioned earlier, you know, that, you know, different factors that make a business succeed. You know, you mentioned three, I, I, you know, sort of think of, you know, maybe five of them, timing, people, the idea, the business model and the funding, which of those keeps you up at night the most? They probably all keep you up at night a little bit, but. <laughs> I think the team probably keeps me up at night the most. And I think that for most people that would listen to this conversation, they probably would not be surprised by that because anybody who's grown or been involved in growing a business knows that people are your greatest resource and they're valuable and how their experience translates to their daily lives and their lived experience about growing a company. It's really difficult to navigate, you know, trying to be, trying to do the right thing and trying to bring core values to work every day, but growing at that rate, you know, lots of things get missed. And, and so finding ways to support people and their growth and their experience, whether it be at a retail store. And that's really hard to do too, because it's, I think, easier when you're doing these things, you know, probably slower and, and more methodically maybe, or maybe uh, to your point, more within your own scope of your, your quote unquote age of mm-hmm. your business. But when you're trying to do these things so thoughtfully and in a very uh, rapidly changing environment that kind of requires you know, more of an aggressive growth strategy to be successful in the long term. You know, you have to really consider people's experiences and and what that looks like, so that it translates to the consumer that they're talking to and their experience with the consumer. And then at the HQ level, when you're talking outside of brick and mortar or just other channels that that are not consumer facing, what can you do to support how they're seeing growth and 
and how they support the business and feel involved. And then, of course, the the constant changing of the size of your company means the scope of someone's role changes and their decision making uh, as a result or the number of reports that that report into them change. And so I know that seems very micro, but I think those things keep me up at night because they're complicated. Because whatever the structure was and whatever the, you know, whatever was on everybody's to-do list yesterday is sort of out the window tomorrow. Potentially, yeah. Or the way they work, the way they work, I think changes a lot. That's the part that I think affects people the most because they get into a routine of being successful, right? Oh, I was really successful and our team is very successful. There's no doubt. But then you can start to feel very unsuccessful quickly if you use the same way of working that you used at at 5 million. Now it doesn't work at 21 million. And certainly this last change puts our run rate to 42 million you know, on our on track to push to 50. And so certainly that's not going to work. And so having to constantly be agile in the way you work, that's coaching, that's leadership, that's being thoughtful, that's finding moments. And so I don't, I don't hear a lot of leader. When I listen to podcasts and think about growth, I didn't hear a lot about that, Benno. And so my experience now has been, man, that's, that's a, that's a big part of being successful as you grow quickly. The sort of mano a mano one-on-one coaching today's team, some of them will grow along with the organization uh, and you'll help them adapt into a new role. And and some of them will not, I suppose, right? Yeah. And I, I think probably a lot of CEOs probably connect with that idea of when you're in a small $5 million company, you wear a lot of hats. And then quickly, you've got to share those hats with others. I think the difference is when you go from five to 21 million in two and a half years, the number of hats you wore changed rapidly, who you gave them to, how they you know, take on those new roles and responsibilities. So that, that keeps me up at night because people are complicated. And those, those processes and that finding leaders that, that take the time, because time, time is the other thing that probably keeps me up at night. No one has enough of it. And so how do you convince your leadership teams that you work with that the most important, valuable time you can spend is with your people? How much of your time would you say you spend recruiting, onboarding, new and coaching your existing team? I mean, that is that 80% of your time or 20% of your time? Or I think it has depended on, on, on the particular quarter that I'm working in right now. Yeah, it's a big part right. of my time. And maybe that's why it's on my mind is I am spending probably more than 50% of my time, you know, really being thoughtful about having thoughtful conversations, coaching in the moment, you know, helping others maybe have the confidence to find the solutions that I know they can find. So yeah, probably more than 50% right now. And it's, it's, it's really weird. It's really rewarding. I enjoy it. I can imagine the feeling of reward and, 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 you know, just feeling good coming home at night when you remember having helped somebody see something differently, sort of embrace a new situation as opposed to fight a new situation, right? Mm, I like that. Yeah, that's very true. Embracing a new situation versus fighting, you know, a changed circumstance. And when you're changing all the time, that that's that's all perspective. That's all framing. Right. And yeah, I think that that's very true. How you find those moments for people to find their way through that. I think when I was younger, even at the beginning of this journey three years ago, I'll say my my business acumen being younger, my experience being, being maybe a bit more naive about these things. I think I was trying to 
I would always, I think a lot of leaders try to kind of push, you know, the, the moment like, Oh, I'll show you the moment. And that's not the way it works. Right. I think now I've learned it's people have to find themselves. They have to, so you, you just really kind of point them down the path. It's a Hansel and Gretel, you know, leave the breadcrumbs and let people find it. So patience, patience, patience. To be patient in an environment that went from zero revenue to $21 million run rate in two and a half years and is looking at a 40 or $50 million run rate in the next 12 or 24 months must be incredibly difficult. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's, it's so hard. Because and it, and sometimes you know patience is not the right answer. I think during COVID nineteen, I did a great podcast about that with with a colleague from Spirit Spirit Leaf, Darren Bonder, and we were talking about in that particular in a crisis, the worst I think attribute you can bring to it is patience. I think in a crisis, you need to bring you know decisive a, a decisive personality. You have to. Be, make decisions quickly and you have to have confidence and you can't, there's no room for doubt, but that, that is a rare, I think, occurrence where, where you, you have to take that approach. And I think when you're growing a business, it can, everything can feel like a crisis, you know, and right. getting yourself out of that mentality and helping others find the way. I don't know if you've read the book, the hard thing about hard things, but that was really helpful for me to think about you know, there are really hard decisions you're going to have to make as you grow a business from 5, 21, 42 and, and beyond. That's just accepting that role that you're going to make hard decisions. And, and, and But for the most part, I think patience to help others find that confidence to make good decisions in the moment. Right. I think that that's helped us with that maturity you're speaking to. Because you're seeing the, 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 the results, the outputs of Chiaro and the success we're having is a reflection of not just top-down expertise or strategy. It's, it's great in-the-moment decision-making. And, and I think, you know, there, there, are different, there are different aspects to patience. I think part of, you know, part of patience is giving things time, which, you know, maybe in a moment like COVID or a crisis, it's not about you, you have to make a decision now. But the other part of patience to me is sort of a quiet confidence and, you know, I think you're, these four core values you, that you talk about give you a confidence that, you know, if I stay within those sort of guideposts, then I can make the right decision and quickly and in a way remain patient. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, guideposts do help us with maybe being calm about the direction we're going because we're all going together and we're all in, in we're all using the same language and so right. that part of it does create a quiet confidence i think within the team you know you talked about agility earlier and you know when when i think about hyper growth and we're on a 20 million dollar run oh my god we're on a 40 million dollar run rate you know the sort of traditional uh, business planning process of you know here's a here's a time and action calendar you know their milestones and you know next quarter we're going to review it that doesn't work as well that works very well when you sort of have known actions to be done at known times but you have a lot of unknowns in you know in this hyper growth environment so I think that requires guideposts that just give people the confidence like hey here are the things that we believe in here are our you know b hags big hairy audacious goals and now 
good luck soldier, right? <laughs> I love that. You know, you, you took the next kind of thinking of my, out of my head as you were speaking and I was listening to you and I was thinking, gosh, that really reminds me of BHAG. Um, so it's so funny. Yes, we, we use the one-page strategic planning. And I'll say Dan, our CEO, was really great too about guideposts. We talk about core values, yes. But there's also the organizational principles that companies need to operate on. And so we've, we, one of our pillars is project management and yeah. the str- strategic planning required to be successful. And so we do the one-page strategic plan and we get together and we have these big, hairy, audacious goals that we set for ourselves. And yeah, we have you know sync meetings about that biweekly, and the team really does come to those meetings and say, "Okay, I, I'm on the field. This is what's happening," and you know they're they're able to align really quickly. So, and organizational pillars—it's sort of like your operating system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, last time we talked, you made a very interesting comment. You talked about growth is about deconstruction. What do you mean by growth is about deconstruction? I think it's what we I alluded to earlier about what keeps me up at night as we have moved beyond each different peak. I like that uh, chart, the Death Valley chart, where you grow your revenue and then hit your Death Valley and, and have to re- deconstruct what it is that the team looks like or how we work or what the new, not new, but it's a different, it's a different goal you're trying to reach. It's kind of the same in terms of what you're doing, but how you might get there is going to be different. And so deconstructing how people work to construct a new way to work to in that new framework or environment, we talked about one person might have four hats one one month and the next month, month they've got two very specialized hats. And mm-hmm. uh, those those things keep changing. And so deconstructing the environment around the team and supporting that and building a new way of doing it but using all the same things. So one-page strategic plan, organizational pillars, core values, all those stay static, but all these other things need to be deconstructed. And so I I feel my experience upon reflection was that being really resilient in these environments to be able to collaborate with your team members, which is a very important core value of ours. So you can do that faster. It's fascinating to hear you describe you know, how you operate in this hyper-growth environment. And you're describing it in, you know, again, in that sort of calm, confidence, confidential way. You're quietly confident, sorry. And you're embracing the realities of a fast-moving, fast-changing environment. And I work with different people in different businesses. And, you know, oftentimes, you know, the things that you just sort of, embrace they fight they're like well we don't have enough people or you know uh, recruiting is you know it's impossible to find people as an example and then i say to them well you know steve jobs famously said that he spends a day a week 20 percent of his time looking for you know recruiting people looking for people they're like what how did steve jobs have time you know a day a week to 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 look for for rock stars well he thought it was important so that's what he did and you know seems to have worked out okay for Apple, right? Yeah, great point. I appreciate the the compliment about being calm. <laughs> I often don't feel that way, but I agree with the principle, though, that Steve Jobs maybe held up for everybody to look in that mirror and say, really, you can't do it. 
because people are the most important thing that Steve Jobs used to say made him successful. It was having brilliant people around him to share his own brilliance with. But, you know, brilliant people look for, I think, calm, calm, confident people to be around because they, they need that outlet probably. But yeah, I think it's so important spending time on the things that really make a difference. And I can't understand why that wouldn't be the most important thing of your day. Right. And by the way, when I say calm, I am reminded of a very important client we had a few years ago who would say, yes, I'm calm like like a duck above water. I paddle like hell below the water. <laughs> That's a wonderful analogy. And that is exactly true. And some and sometimes, you know, you, you lose it a bit maybe and 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 go back to being that duck with the with the fastly furiously moving feet because that's what I think works you know especially right. in a constantly changing environment you love to see someone that that you know has that serenity so trying right. to achieve that is, is tough so I like that though I'm going to use that one Eleanor if uh, folks wanted to uh, reach out to you one on one what's a good place to find you or a website address or email address please visit us at kiaro.com for our retail channel nckcanada.ca is our wholesale channel and our vaped channels uh, .ca and .com and direct.au for vaped and for myself I'm on LinkedIn and I always check my messages so always excited to meet new people which is I think how we met that's how we met exactly so thank you so much this this was a great conversation and I I so appreciate you taking the time and um, you know sharing uh, your story and your outlook and your mindset and your the operating system or organizational pillars and lot, lots of great stuff came out of this came out in this conversation thank you very much thank you ben i really appreciated the conversation and uh, if folks wanted to explore other growth topics you can find me on our website realignforresults.com or just email benno b-e-n-n-o at realignforresults.com thanks for listening and keep growing You can listen to more episodes on Apple, Spotify, or Google. We would love for you to subscribe, rate, and review it. Share it with your friends or colleagues if you enjoyed the content. Always growing.